Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Sylvester to tell us what the Lord has done for you. Hallelujah. All right, so Hi, everybody. So this is Sylvester. He will my name is Sylvester. Himself. Yes, and tell us what the Lord has done. My testimony is about how I got a job um, through the past week. So um, about, about a year ago, I, I was in final year and then I was working on my project and I was not seeing it all. So at a point I gave up with the project and one time I was there and mommy texted me that, oh, how far with my project? What is happening? And then I told her my problem. Eh? And she was like, how come I've not told you about this all this while? Well? I think it's a good place to put your hands together to get a pastor to ask you how far with your project. Amen. So continue hey, for us. So when I texted her, I told her my problem. And then my supervisor was not minding. And mommy said that, may your supervisor mind you in Jesus' name. And something I was struggling with for over three to four months, within two weeks, the supervisor minded us. It got to a point where he told us that we have kept too long. So we should just submit the work and go and work from home and then, and then we should submit it. So after that time, I decided that whatever I'm doing, I'll tell mommy about it. So it got to um, national service and um, I, I wanted to stay in Kumasi, but I didn't want to work from home because I knew that if I'm home and I'm working, I'll not get um, like enough, money, even enough money. I texted mommy about it again and mommy told me that if she finds me a place to, to stay, can I survive on 559? I was shocked. I was just holding my phone. And I told her no. Then she just told me to stay at home. Deep down, I accepted it. But I was not too happy with the response. But I accepted it anyway. And so I decided that, oh, I'll not do anything about it. Wherever they post me, I'll just go. So that it will look like they posted me outside. But not that. I decided to, I decided to leave. So one time we were there and uh, one, of, one of our lecturers asked us that there's an opportunity um, at KCCR who would like to work there. So I quickly told my pastor about it, Pastor Albert. And then the first question he asked me was that, have I told mommy about it? And then I told him that, yes, I've texted mommy, but I'm waiting for her response to know what to do. So mommy told, at, at the same time, I have to choose between four different places. And all the other places seemed lucrative. They all looked better than where I, I was working. So when mommy told me that, oh, mommy told I should stay on campus, I just decided that if she had said I should stay on campus, I'm going to stay on campus. 
so um, fast forward, we started working, and then just about I think um, two months ago, there was there was a vacancy at my workplace. And looking at so um, let me come in. This is the time you are done with your projects. You are yes, done with yes. service too. I'm I'm almost done with almost my service. Done with service. But you are wondering where you will what's, next? what's next? I mean, after, after national after service, what's next? Isn't one like that wondering what's after next national after service? After what's next? What's next after your next work? What's next after life? Let's wait and see what will happen. So one time I was in the office and then um, one of the one of my my supervisors called me. He asked me that, hey, service is about to end, and where I am, immediately the time is up. They are sucking you to bring in new people. So what is my what is my decision? What is the way forward? And I told him that I don't have anywhere to go. So he told me that if if that is the case, then I should talk to my boss about it. And I think a day after there was a vacancy, and then he he told me about it that there's a vacancy. So I should just apply. I mean, looking at the job description, I you don't fit. I, I don't fit. I don't fit. Qualification. I don't fit. But then I just so I was a bit reluctant. I was a bit reluctant. They were all telling me that oh I should apply, I should apply. but I was a bit reluctant. So I took. Are, are we getting the testimony? So there's a there's where that you are not getting it. You are following, all right. So follow. So all right. So there's been a vacancy, but this time around there's been qualifications. They they expect you to have some qualifications. But our brother here wasn't qualified. But some way. <laughs> Some way, somehow, he applied. All they, right. told, they told me to um, They told me to apply. I didn't want to because I knew that this thing, if I apply a crown, I don't qualify. But then again, I told my pastor about it, Pastor Albert. And then he told me that I should just forget about what they are asking and I should just send in my application. So I, I, I took the bold step. I submitted my application. Then I told my boss that, oh, I saw this vacancy and then I have applied. Then he told me that, oh, even though I don't qualify, he would like to work with me, so I should just apply and then let's see what is going to happen. Put your hands together. Fast forward, just like about two weeks ago, I was there and I received a text from my phone that congratulations, you have been shortlisted for for the no. interview. I think maybe I missed the place. You mean after you apply for after the vacancy? After I apply for the interview. You weren't qualified. The job for? I wasn't qualified for. Okay, right after About two service. weeks ago. Okay. About two weeks ago. So you ago. didn't stay home for a year? I didn't stay home for a year. You didn't home stay home for five years? I didn't stay home Right for... after your service. Oh, God yes. is doing wonders in your life. To anyone who is expecting an application, a job, anyone who is expecting a visa, anything, the Lord is doing it for you speedily. Wow, no so, delays. I mean, there's, there's where, where I'm doing my service, there's a policy that if you are doing your national service, they wouldn't want you to apply for a job. They want you to finish first before you start. Even if there's a vacant, they want you to finish first. So my boss told me that, oh, even though I, have a, I, I apply for it, I should go to the head of administration and then I should tell her that this is what I want to do. And the head of administration, she's a German. She's very strict in a way. She said, German, she's very strict. One time, I walked to her office. I was a bit relaxed. Um, relaxed. When I walked to her office, I, I went to do something. Then, I wanted to talk to her, but I didn't know how to. So she asked me that, oh, is there any problem? Then I told her that, yes. So she told me to sit down. 
and then she asked me what my problem was. And I told her that I'm about to finish my service. And then there's a vacancy. But I know that if you are doing your national service, you are not qualified to apply for the job. Instead, oh, no, 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 no. I should just apply. If I apply, I should just forget about it. So again, again, I, I sent the text to mommy. The, the, the message they sent, I sent to her. And mommy prayed a prayer. She said that, Father, may the grace and favor continue. And may Sylvester get a job in Jesus' name. Monday, just this Monday, Monday morning, I went to work and the interview was scheduled for 10 a.m. So I went to work doing my normal duties. When it was 9.30, I sought for permission and I went to join the people who were coming to be interviewed. So I was seated there. And then, um, again, my pastor told me that when I'm going, I should call him. So immediately, immediately, I came out of the office. I called him. And then he told me that, um, he told me that, I should send him a picture. So he, he actually advised that I should wear a jacket. But my boss told me, oh, it doesn't really matter. But I took to what, I took to what, I, I listened to what my pastor said, and then I wore the jacket. I took the picture and I sent it to him, and then he told me that I'm looking very nice. He prayed for me, and after praying for me, after praying for me, it didn't end there. He told me to send it to mommy, and I sent it to mommy, and mommy also prayed for me. Now, I was the first person to be interviewed. When my time was up, they called me. There was a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure. Yes. Because, number one, I knew that I didn't qualify for the job. And number two, that was my first job interview. After school. After after school. school. After school. So I just went. So when I went, you were the first person. person. You didn't know. Did you have any idea about the questions? Nothing. You had nothing. I had no idea about what was going to happen. No, so I, I went inside. When I, when, I, when I entered, I mean, they were happy to see me. And my head of administration passed a comment that I'm looking very nice. On, on a regular day, this is not how I look. So they, they, they welcomed me nicely. And something that was supposed to be an interview, I mean, it was almost as if I was just chatting with them. I was just chatting with them. And um, before, before the interview, some of the things on the job description, I went to the person who was doing it and I asked him that, oh, I have an interview on Monday and then I don't know this and that and that. So please, how do I go about it? He sat me down, took me through everything and then he made me try my hands on it. And then after, he, he asked me some of the likely questions that they will ask in the interview. And when I went into the interview room, they, this was the same questions. The same questions the guy asked me. The same questions in the same order. So after, after the interview, after the interview, they told my, my, HOD, um, my um, head of administration asked me that, would I like to work with her? And I said yes. And she told me that, oh, I've done very well. I should go. So I'll hear from them later. I mean, when I stepped out, I was very happy, I was confident, but I knew that, Charlie, I've done what I could do. I, 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 I felt deep down that I don't qualify, but anyway, I've done my best. We are still waiting. Later in the afternoon that day, the, 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 um, the HR manager, she called me 
and then she called me and when she called me she was smiling and she just said congratulations so when she told me when she told me this question for someone who is a little bit i mean right you mean after you left the interview right after i left that very day that very day that very day yes. i mean you didn't it wasn't at night after or no. day after that you very day the hr called you and congratulated yes. you around 2 p.m she called me wow and it's a good place to put your hands together me. anyone who is waiting for any job may the grace and favor speak for you and may they come to you quickly without delays amen all right so when she congratulated me i mean i went about doing my normal duty and later she called me to come to her office when i went there she told me that yes i did very well and that i have passed the interview and that um, they are going to give me the job so she asked me that when do i want to start working and i told her that immediately immediately i want to start working and she mentioned that oh i should just finish the national service when is when is our, our leave and i told her the leave is october she said that okay in september when the month is about to end they will give me one week off to go and prepare for the actual job by the grace of god in October, I've gotten my first job, which I didn't qualify for. And then I'll Let's, be, let's do it better I'll unto be Jesus. Let's do it better unto God for what he has done. It's so amazing. I know some of us here are waiting to hear from people like that. Some of us too are probably not happy about the job that we are in. But the Lord is speaking for you. His grace and mercy will locate you in Jesus' name. So, Sylvester, what do you have to tell the church? Um, I have a scripture. I want to read it. Please, am I allowed? You are allowed. Okay. You are allowed. So the scripture is in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And the scripture says, And they rose early in the morning, and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe in his prophet, so shall ye prosper. Hallelujah. And I want to read a short portion from a book. And in the book, prophet says, the Hebrew word translated in 2 Chronicles 20.20 is the word aman. It means to nurture, to foster as a parent, to build up, and to nurse. This teaches us that as you believe in God, you will be nurtured and nursed by God. He will build you up in faith, and you will receive a strong foundation that only a parent can give. But this scripture goes on and says, to believe and, and says to believe in, pro, in, in the prophets and you will prosper. The Hebrew word translated prosper is the word chalak. It means to push forward, to go over, to come mightily, to break out. A man and chalak are two very different experiences. Now, the last part you need to come mightily in ministry, you need to break out into the fullness of your calling. God wants you to go. God wants to go over every wall and every obstacle in your life. 
after you have been nurtured and fostered by Almighty God, what is the what is the key to coming mightily to the front to the front line? The key is to believe in the man of God. So, church, if you are here, I think that this is the prophet God has given to us. And in order for you to come mightily and come out of all your obstacles, you need to first believe in God and believe in what the prophet God has given us. And you are going to prosper. Right, believe in the prophet that God has given us. Church, let's appreciate our pastor, our bishop, our prophetess for always encouraging us. God bless you. Hallelujah. You want to stand to your feet? I realized today that I've made a mistake. You want to know what the mistake is? You see, Sylvester grew up in church, but can you not see that as a pastor? And I'm a boy. Is it not preaching that he was preaching to us? So start getting ready. Hallelujah. Come and put your hands together for the Lord. Amen. 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 Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for watching over us. Thank you even for the testimony we've heard. And there's so many other testimonies we may not have heard. We are grateful. Thank you also for taking our BEC students through their exams, helping our WASI students on their way. Lord, there's so much to say thank you for. And as we come before your word today, I pray that you speak to us and touch us in our inner man. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. 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 Shall we make our confession? Where is your Bible this morning? Hey, some of you are back. Didn't know you started bringing your hard Bibles. Now you've gone back again. Come on, lift up your Bible. You want to say, "This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do." Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Wow, it's a pleasure to be here with you. And I believe that the Lord is helping us. Oh, I said the Lord is what? Helping us. And if you are looking for a job like some people are looking for a job, may the Lord hear you. And may he give you a job you were not qualified for. And may he give you favor on all sides. In Jesus' name, amen. It's always a pleasure to be here, and I know that the Lord is going to meet us. Next week, Sunday, is our Healing Jesus service. Amen. Once a year, we all try to sow, especially into the Healing Jesus campaigns. They're about to move for the second time. So when you're coming, I know that some of us give 20 CDs a month, 50 CDs a month. Add something next week. Is that okay? We'll take a special offering for the campaigns. Amen. Oh, are you there or you have traveled? Ask your neighbor, are you alive? Are you alive? Is it well with you? Beautiful. Well, today I'm continuing to preach on our subject. Remember the book we've been using? Those who are offended. Those who are offended. And, and anytime I'm coming to this service, I say to myself that this is where we have to preach the service. Because the more you grow, 
the more the opportunities for offense. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you get what I mean. Everybody can be offended. But there's one thing that offends children. There's something else that offends family, people. Are you there? Yeah. Like if you're a parent here, you can find yourself offended with your child. Like you're doing so much and the child doesn't even appreciate it. Yeah, it's just demanding more. Amen? If you're a child, you're offended with your parents. The tough one is the husband-wife. Hey. Which one again? Most of us are working for somebody, you and your boss. Very difficult to work for a boss that you are offended with. Somebody was telling me that, oh, my boss, he's like this. And then I was trying to counsel him that, oh, you take it easy. Eh? You give him. Then when he told me how the boss speaks, I was hearing it third hand and I was offended. Hey! It's like a boss that every second word is an insult. I said, but it shouldn't be allowed. He said, Charlie. So you are in that. So it's like you are offended. Then more offense. If you even go and say it, it becomes some way, you know. And so maybe that's why today I'm just going to take my time. I'm not going to summarize the rest of the points. I gave you withdrawal. I'm going to preach on the second one. Mm, I think I should take my time. Do you agree? Uh-huh. Because we have to cure ourselves. We have to cure ourselves. Yeah, we're not under pressure. We should cure ourselves. But before I do that, I have Pastor Sean and Lady Pastor Joanne in the house. Yeah, they are visiting us. And then I also have, and then I also have a young pastor from South Africa. Amen. Pastor Jason is also visiting us. His father is a Healing Jesus Board member. He's in Ghana for six months. I hope that this one week here is not going to be the only time you are here with Pastor Jason. And so after service, feel free to interact with them. They've been doing other things in the other services, and they're also here with us today. Amen. So it's nice to have you all here. Amen. As for Pastor Ashwa, I've been trying to visit him in Gambia, but he comes home so often that I've not had a chance so far. (laughs) Oh, I beg you, please come again. (laughs) Hallelujah. Charlie, some of us are going to travel. You'll be traveling. You'll be traveling. You'll be traveling soon in the name of Jesus. Amen. Only don't cheat to do it because if you do, God is not with you. Uh-huh. That one there, you know that you're outside of the will of God. Yes. Mm. So do it in the will of God. Hallelujah. So today we're going to be talking about the second step. If you remember the last time I was with you, we spoke about withdrawal. I mean, it's normal. It's a natural thing. But it's very important that we look at it. It's normal to be offended. Why? Because the Bible says that offense yet will come. By all means. Oh, by all means. So please tell your neighbor, that's offending me. I'm sure even as I was passing to sit down, I stepped on your leg. I'm sorry. I mean, is this, yeah. <laughs> I've told you the cure for offense many times. The only way to not be offended is to die. <laughs> Somebody will say something. Somebody will do something. Someone will forget something. Have you ever been forgotten before? Yeah. Like maybe they are making a list of something, something, something. You are inside, then you have been left out. And you have the feeling that you were deliberately left out, even though they say that it was a mistake. <laughs> are you here? Have you been offended because somebody has accused you of something? I mean, it's so normal. However, we are studying this subject because... If you do not heal from it, it can become dangerous. Just like a wound. Remember I gave you that example. It looks like it's okay on the top. But meanwhile, it is 
going further and it's, it's disturbing more things down there. And that's why I'm taking my time because the more convinced you are that it's not a good thing, the more willing you will be to work to get out of the offense. I, I hope you are with me. Because there are two kinds of offense. The one that you're offended because you're not guilty and somebody did something. But there's also offense that you are guilty, but you are still offended. Mm. Mm. Yeah. In church, we find that some of you have never been corrected in your lives. So when you come into church and correction comes, you are offended. Because nobody has ever looked at your face and told you that this is wrong. On top of it, if we are angry too when we are saying this is wrong, they are even more offended. Meanwhile, you were wrong. If I give you an example right now, they'll be angry with me. Mercy. I gave this example in the present service. Was it last year? I don't remember. I gave them the example. I'm giving it again. When I finished giving the example, I kept getting apologies on my page. I should, are you sure I should give the example? Yeah. I said that if you are doing something on the stage, you see, in this church, we don't talk about how you dress. It's not something to talk about. We believe that the word of God is working on you. And we leave it. But if you are doing something on stage, do not wear a short dress. Don't wear a short dress. The knee is the limit. Chorus the same, man. Can you see I'm not looking there? Because <laughs> as they were standing, I was saying that you broke my rule again. Eh? Eh? <laughs> and you see, we have said it before. But you'll be surprised that some will be offended because I've said it. Why are you offended? I've said it. I've said it. I should be offended that you have disobeyed me. Yeah, la, 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 la. Yeah. But you see, that's human nature. You know that you shouldn't do this thing. But you do it. You see, I'm saying it because at times people feel that it's only when you have been wronged that you feel offended. But you'll be surprised that you've done the wrong thing. And you are being corrected. And you are offended. Are you there? We currently have one of our bishops manifesting on the pages. It's obvious to you that something's wrong. But he's offended. Obviously, he had to be. He had to be. But he's offended. It doesn't change it. So it should tell you that offense doesn't respect anybody. And each of us, we are candidates for it. Yeah. You are a wife and your husband says that, ah, but I don't like how you have made my food. You are offended. <laughs> then you say, eh? you don't know how I suffered to do it. Eh? I was tired. You were tired. We all came from work. I've even done well. Me, what the food wasn't nice. It's true, but <laughs> I'm balancing the children. You don't even help me. And then well, all you have to do, uh, what I'm saying is, it, you see, you are very quiet as if I'm saying something that's a cinema show here. Hey. But you need to accept that you can be offended. And if you find yourself falling into this preaching, I don't want you to add offense to offense. I want you to say that it is, it is pressing that my difficult spot to help me to get over it. Amen? Because it is difficult. It's so insidious. When they say something is insidious, you don't really see it. Yesterday night, I was preaching on the same topic in the Faith Secret Service, and I gave an example. As I gave the example, 
was talking, I realized that, ah, the way you are talking, you know, I didn't understand that. Hey, that's what, huh? Meanwhile, it's years old. And I thought it's over. And I've not even thought about it for a long time. Are you seeing it? And I remember I was sharing and I said, hey, so the way that I'm sharing with you how to get out of it, I'm also going to do it because I thought this thing was, was gone. But when you see what it does to you, you will make up your mind that you will work on it for as long as you, you have to. I hope I'm saying something that you can. Are you there? You work on it for as long as you have to so that you will not be an offended person who walks through these steps. So today we're going to discuss the next step. So you have withdrawn. If something is hot and is burning you, you withdraw. Isn't it? Uh-huh. But are you going to continue withdrawing? If you continue withdrawing, you are now going to go to stage two. Tell your neighbor stage two. What is stage two? Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Now, the second stage or what you need to know is that after you have withdrawn from the cause of your, bit, of your, of your head, you now begin to resent the person. You see, I like to use the home examples because they are the most alive ones. You are angry with your partner. Now when the person passes, you just say in your head, are you seeing it? There's just some something. So you withdraw. Now you have moved on. You see, resentment is brewing. Resentment is brewing. Resentment is a root of bitterness. Are you seeing it? And the Bible is telling us what the you know what, what is going on. What is a root? A root is a source, a root is the cause, a root is the origin of something. Hey. And resentment or bitterness, the Bible says it's a root of bitterness. So evil begins to come forth. So if we look at the functions of a root physically, and we now look at it in our lives, we'll be able to see directly what is going on. Are you there? Are you ready? And you see, as I'm looking at it, I want you to be honest with yourself and see whether that is where you are at. And if you see that you're at that point, you make up your mind that I'm getting out of here today. Hallelujah. Let's look at the functions of a root. First one. The first function of a root is to anchor the plant in the soil. Hmm? When you say anchor, it means to hold it in the soil. To make sure it stands. Are you there? In the soil. So, when you have a root of bitterness, it anchors the hatred. It gives the hatred a platform. Hmm. Hey. Hmm. The thing is becoming tenacious. Eh? Bitterness, something, it has now got a root. Before it was passing, it would have gone. But now, it has found something to hold it in place. And roots can be formidable. Yeah. Yeah, some roots are really formidable. They really, one of the trees I don't like in this world is the neem tree. Never plant a neem tree on any land belonging to you. Do you know why? If you plant one, uh, you are, uh, I, how many of you know the Accra Plains? The place that we call the Accra Plains. Oh, my geography teacher, no, won't them. 
<laughs> there is a place in Accra, we refer to it as the Accra Plains. It used to be a nice place. Because Accra is Savannah, you have forgotten the meaning of Savannah. The Savannah is not the tall trees we have in this area. But it's like these short, short, short shrubs and a lot of grass and so forth. And it is where cattle and sheep and goat, they thrive. Until somebody planted a nim tree. A nim tree. Today, a few years later, there's nothing in the Accra Plains except nim trees. Now, the reason is that you see one nim tree is standing there innocent and you say it's one tree. The root has gone down and it's extending. Before you are where you planted the root in Adriasi, but another one has appeared in Kote. Another, yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one in Chumbiasi, another one. Before you are, it will take over all your land and as it takes over, I hope you know the taste of the name. Mm, you know the taste of the name. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what is spreading. Every tree, every shrub, every branch, everything will die. It's just the name tree everywhere. Everywhere. That's how the root of bitterness is in your life. Mm? Yeah. Some of you think that I'm angry with the person, so he's paining the person. No. <laughs> no, no. It's you. The root is building in you. Hey. I don't know about you, but me, I don't think I like this. <laughs> I don't think I like this. Another tree that has roots like that is the mango. So please, don't plant a mango tree and allow it to flourish too much. Don't leave it alone in your house. If you have a mango tree, they every year cut the leaves. Eh? Ah, this one, Christ, was taken a long time ago. And then everywhere has the name tree. Eish. The only thing I can do is to boil the leaves and drink it for malaria. Okay, let's, <laughs> let us continue. Are you with me this morning? We're talking about roots. I'm showing you why you shouldn't allow the bitterness to become a root, the anger, the, the resentment, you know, to build in you. A root system is used to absorb water and nutrients from the soil. So, as that root of bitterness is growing in you, you now become an absorber of complaints and evil into your heart. Mm -hmm. mm. That is why offended people gather together. In you, of bitterness, and it is causing you to absorb complaints. So, the complaint that you would originally have said, oh, it's nothing. Now, exactly. Now you cannot say forget. It's now absorbing. Mm. Are you in the church? Those of you who are working in the workplace, every complaint against the boss, you are accepting it. You are in the church. You are hurt in the church. So everything that is said, you receive it. Be careful, though. You see, one of the things that's very painful is that after you, as you are sitting there in your pain, the person who has offended you is walking past his or her life. Hmm. Ah. Has somebody ever broken your heart before? Then when you pass, the person is even having a party and being happy. Hey. You would wish that the person is sad. But it's not like that. And the reason is that it is now a root in you. So it's absorbing things. That's why the Bible says it's springing up and it troubles you. You would have thought it would trouble the person who offended you. No, it's troubling you. You are the one who has diverted your route of going to the market. Because the person who has offended you lives on the way. You are doing as if you don't know what I'm talking about. 
Hey. Some of you, there are some people in this room, when they even appear at a meeting or at a gathering, you can't even talk again. Unless you leave. I wanted to ask your neighbor, is it you? <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the next thing that a root does, you see, when you, when you look at, when the Bible gives you a picture of something, you just need to think of how that thing is to understand what the Lord is saying. So it says, a root of bitterness. So we're looking at what does a root do? Are you seeing it? Another thing that the root does is that it spreads the water and the nutrients. What it has absorbed is now spreading it. Mm. <laughs> Are you there? It's now spreading it. Yeah. So what is now happening? The small bitterness that you had is now being transferred into every part of your body. Hey, if you are really upset with somebody, you can see the person in your head will start paining you. Oh, you see, you are doing like you are not there. Some of you, when you are about to sleep, and then, you know, something, you hear a whisper of that name. No, you can't sleep again. You were sleepy, but the, the, the nutrients have now reached every part. Every part. It's now in every part of you. There are even sicknesses that are related to it. Yeah. There are sicknesses that are related to bitterness. Hmm? Because what it is that is now transferring so much of something that it shouldn't move through your body. And you see that there are preachers who have spoken about, what should I say? <laughs> they've, they've spoken about, about, they are ministering to somebody and they've had to make the person confess I let go of this or that. Yeah. The very first person that I had to pray for deliverance for myself and my husband, I knew I'd seen people being delivered before, but I'd never been part of it. This was very early in our ministry. And there was a young lady who was one of our church members who was a good friend, who was also a friend. And this person had told me in her past that she shared a little bit about where she came from. And she came from a home, you know, there's a time in this our nation where there are some people who believe that, Charlie, everything a child does, you must beat the child too and leave them with small of their life left back. She was from a home like that. And so she had grown up really angry with her father. Yeah, and she would, and she would say, she said, oh, my father was a very wicked man. You know, and she could give you stories that were very painful, you see. One time she dropped a pot of soup. You know, already you've dropped the soup, already you are bent. They are now beating you on top. You know, yeah, a lot of things. Anyway, this same young lady, she had a funny tummy ache. She used to talk about it. I'd never seen it before. But she used to say that she has a stomach condition when it comes. It's like somebody who is even delivering a child. It's so painful. And she had been to the hospital and they had checked it and checked and checked and... They never found the source. And they would give her medication and it never went. Well, the young lady was visiting us one day when the tummy ache struck one night. And my husband and I, in fact, it lasted some days. So every evening we'll go into a room and we'll go and pray. I'm talking about bitterness. Bitterness and how that root now delivers, it transfers into your body. So we were very concerned and she tried to take medication. It obviously wouldn't work. So each night to get her to sleep, we'd go into the room and we'd pray until she fell asleep. Well, on this particular night, 
It was a Sunday. I remember we'd come back from church and we'd gone into the room to pray with her and we thought she was asleep when all of a sudden a voice spoke. Well, we were, we were praying for a lady, but the voice that spoke was a man's voice. Her eyes were still shut and the voice said, I won't go, I won't go, I won't go, I won't go. I won't go. I've been here for nine years, I won't go. I did a quick mental calculation back. Nine years would have taken her to the time she was a child. Are you in the, in the church? Are you listening to what I'm saying? And we began to pray. And as the Holy Ghost led us, because what did Jesus ask? He said, how many are you? So we asked the question, how many are you? They said, there are a lot. Then the names started coming. And we cast out and we, until there was one left. And the one would not go. I won't go. And suddenly her own fingers curled like claws around her neck. And she began to choke herself. I will kill her. I will kill her. At this point, I now realize that we need some more help. Because Charlie, we are two greenhorns trying to deliver somebody. We have seen it done. We haven't done some before. So I picked my phone and we lived at the time 23 kilometers down a bad road. Who is going to come there? So I picked the phone and I called some two prayer warriors in the church. And I said, this is what is going on. We are honestly physically tired. We need some backing. And these guys just joined us, began to pray where they were. And as they prayed, we suddenly heard the voice of the Lord. This one, you've got to wake her up to renounce it herself. Because it is there with her permission. I was like, hey, what is that? And the Lord says, it's a spirit of bitterness. And we woke this young lady up. And she had to, I renounce the spirit of bitterness. I renounce the spirit of bitterness. Immediately, it was gone. And then we led her. Don't clap too much. <laughs> Don't clap so that you forget the point. And then we now had to lead her to receive Christ again. That demon had entered her through the bitterness she had towards her father. And based on that, other demons, pain, this, that, they had attached and come in. I tell you, it is not worth it. It's not worth it. The bitterness had given rise to other things that were now attacking her body. Today, she's a pastor. She's actually a lady somewhere working in the mission field somewhere. Very powerfully. Amen. Tell her neighbor, don't hang on to it that long. It's not worth it. Don't hang on to it that long. The person that you have met today, I want you to just really, is it worth it? Stomach ache. As her stomach was paining her, was it her father's stomach that was paining him? Ah. Hmm. He was eating, sleeping, feeling free. Hmm. He said, you are bitter against your brother. Your brother is living his life. Hey. Huh. You see, do you know one of the most painful things? One of the most painful things is to see the person you think is your enemy having fun. <laughs> the boy who said he didn't like you. Huh. The girl who has just thrown you away. She's now having fun. It's very painful. And then now you are sick on top. Please ask your neighbor, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? You are angry with somebody in the choir. They have come to sing their song happily. Oh. Ah, 
or they didn't sing their song happily. Eh? They were smiling and singing. Now you are the person who's annoyed. <laughs> hey, the next one. Are you interested in what's happening? You see, I'm sharing with you because I want you at the end of today to say, I, will, I refuse to be bitter. I refuse. Even though I have a right to be hurt, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. I will not allow this in me. Hey. <laughs> a root is a storehouse. <laughs> Think about the roots that are storehouses. The yam is a root. The carrot is a root. Cocoa yam is a root. What? The ginger is a root. That thing we are eating, that's the storehouse. That's the storehouse. Good. A root of bitterness is a storehouse of evil. Evil intent and unforgiveness. Mm. You have stored unforgiveness. Please ask your neighbor, are you not afraid? You have stored unforgiveness. Hey. <laughs> unforgiveness. You have now packaged it and stored it in your house. There's a place you have stored unforgiveness there. How can it work? And every day you have been praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed in thy name, thy kingdom, thy heaven. Are you there? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And so, since you said, I will forgive yours too. Storehouse. Ah, in your storehouse, you have piled unforgiveness for somebody. You to yours is being stored up. I have to tell you that for me, this is the reason why I forgive. Yeah, this is the reason why I forgive. I've decided in my life that nobody is worth going to hell for. Because if God cannot forgive us, it means that, you see, when you store up unforgiveness to somebody, it means God cannot forgive you when you need to be forgiven. And unless you are not a human being, but if you are a human being, you know that you make mistakes all the time. Some of you, you are so righteous, it's like you don't make any mistake. I have been watching people taking my father on on the pages. I don't even bother to answer. I don't even bother to answer. Most of the things have a clear answer. Recently I saw one, one funny tape there saying that he's preaching for polygamy. You must be an idiot to believe it. And if you think you can see that the message is cut, I can send you. I was in the meeting. I can send it to you. Are you there? Mm. But you see, when you are full of a certain bitterness, you believe it. And I just come. You see, the person that you are bitter against, he's moving on with his life. Ah, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey! But you, you have decided. Hey. This church. Listen, before you are bitter against the church, change church. I'm very happy to have you here. I'm happy that you're a member of this church. But because of something, you say you are bitter. Change. Is it okay? Are we agreed? Change so that you will not continue to harbor something. And when you change, when you get to another place, if you can be happy there, then you release us from your, mm-hmm, from your archives. Only that when you get there, you discover that it is given unto human beings to offend each other. You will soon be offended again. Make her bad soon. I thought you were angry with your father, so you moved to your auntie's house. When you got to your auntie's house, what happened there? What happened there? Were they not sharing the meat and they shared the meat for their children? Four, four, four. You, when it got to you after some two weeks, one. Hello? 
How many of you have been angry in your own house before? Me. Hey. You say, my own house, eh? they don't like me. They are doing na 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 Oh, some of you are saints and angels. You have not done some before. Please, I'm very sorry for giving such examples. Only to change house. <laughs> they made you scrap. You alone. Hmm. Ah. Are you there? Some of you have made your faces so. Eh, we are three in the house. Only me. They give me the work to do. I'm talking to somebody. Only me. I'm doing the, 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 the dishes. Only me. How many middle children are here? Let me see your hands. You are middle child. This is the fate of the middle child. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see your hands well. Middle child. Yeah. Many middle children. They say that the older one is too old. And the younger one is too young. <laughs> me, I'm preaching. I am a middle child. I'm telling my story. <laughs> Are you there? And so everything, you, everything, you, everything, you. I remember when I was 16 years old, I was so angry about it. I frowned my face until my mother told me that you, if you continue, one day this is your lip, it will reach here. <laughs> you have made me angry. You also consoled me. Look at what you are saying. <laughs> but I need to tell you something. A few years down the line, I traveled outside to go and do further studies. I'm talking to somebody. I had felt unfairly treated. But when I went outside, I was studying. I did my master's and I did my PhD. I was a full student. I was a mother. I was a wife. I was a worker in my church. My days began at 4 a.m. Many times. Sometimes it began at 3 a.m. I remember in order to have my quiet time, I would go and sit in the coldest room with no heating. Temperature zero degrees, because when your feet are cold, you cannot sleep. So that I can pray. And when I wake up at three, the day will end at midnight. At a point in my life, I said, if God asked me to pray one prayer, what would I ask for? In those days, Ghana didn't have money. As a student, I didn't have money. But my prayer would not have been for money. And my prayer would not have been for, sleep, for, for food. I had only one prayer. Lord, give me one night to lie down in my bed and sleep and wake up myself. Not that somebody is waking me. Alarm, time to go to work or to school. At the same time, I was a student. I was a, I was an, a fellow, so I had to work. We closed at four. I pick up my sons, take them to what from the kindergarten, bring them home, feed them and pray that they will sleep. So that my life as a PhD student can start in the night. Everyone stop laughing because you are doing the same. I will never forget the day that I had an exam and my children wouldn't sleep. And I opened the fridge and I took out a cough medicine. Don't repeat it. And I took out the cough medicine because the cough medicine had a sleep agent in it. And I dosed my babies so that they would sleep. I said, Lord, I got... <laughs> but I need to tell you something. 
I took a paper and I wrote to my parents and I said, thank you for the times you made me work because God knew that down the line, I would need that kappa. And so he had trained me in the school of do this, do that, do that one, do that one, do that one, and don't stop until you are done. You are here complaining that they like your siblings more than you. No, it's God who is in charge. He knows what is ahead of you. Yeah, knows what's ahead of each one of us. Are you there? Your bitterness is not worth it. I remember being a student and then there was a girl in my hostel, in my hall. We used to have apartments, six people per hall. And there was a girl who, she had never learned to wash up. We all had our plates, whatever, whatever. She would use every single one. <laughs> you cannot believe what I'm saying to you. You see, if a set is six, it's six cups, isn't it? Six sauces, six small plates, six big plates, forks, knives. So each person had that. She would use all the big plates first. Pack them under the sink. Next size, under the sink. Cups until she's done with the small plates. And then everything is finished now. Then she wake up, like, oh, I have to wash. I have to, hey, my dishes are dirty. When I saw her, I picked my paper, another letter to my parents. Thank you. Thank you. I said, for the first time in my life, I've met somebody for who washing plates is a, a job. I never knew it was a job. Ah, don't you wash up? Is it not a normal? Is it not normal? But when you are washing up, then you have pulled your mouth. And they don't like me. That's why me alone, they have left all the washing. Me alone, they have left all the sweeping. Me alone. Hey, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. God knows where you are going from here. Yeah. Yeah. Are you there? Storehouse. You have stored your resentment. Hey. Mm. Today we are uprooting roots, eh? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the last one. The root of bitterness is the basis for competition and reproduction of evil. Yeah, because roots grow. Roots cause growth. Are you seeing it? So what are you growing? Jealousy. Envy. Fighting that never ends. I don't think we need it. Or do we need it? I don't think we need it. I don't think we need it. So even if by, the, by chance, maybe you are here, you are rounding up on school, you are not going to be here next week to hear the next part, or in fact, on the following week. I just want to say to you that this is even enough for you to decide that I don't need it. I don't need it. I want God to forgive me my sins. Anybody who has done you a wrong, I want you to remember that you too, you have wronged somebody. Hello? Oh, you have not wronged anybody. You are an angel. Hey, please say it. Oh, we thought you were a human being. Say it. Please ask your neighbor, are you an angel? You, are you an angel? Hey, we didn't know. <laughs> you know how normally in the story, ours is always correct. Hey, tell your neighbor, you are not correct at all. And say, just like how I am not correct, that's how you too, you are not correct at all. All of us is the mercy of God that we need. Hallelujah. Let's con let us just finish our scripture. And he says that, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Many people are messed up by the bitterness of others. I mean, we are living in a time, you would have thought this book was written yesterday. It was written a long time ago. But we are watching it playing out. In life in front of us. Be careful. Don't be the reason why somebody else will be defiled. 
Hey, have you heard? Hmm. This is our father. We don't know what again they are saying. Hmm. I don't mind what his detractors say. I mind what you say. And it pains me that some of you are not intelligent enough to see that there's something more to the story. You got a question? Just ask it. Yeah. Just ask. Amen. Does our father really believe in polygamy? I mean, if you think a little. Ah. By their feet, you should know them. How many of us have two wives? Oh, I should ask the married men. Should I bring you other wives? <laughs> they are even laughing at me. Oh. I was coming to dash them one more. You should see that the, you see, you should see that there's something more to this than what is there. Yeah. And a bitter person is speaking, but you see, when you are simple, or you yourself, there's a root of bitterness in you. So you quickly just jump on and say, ah. Man of God. Jesus gave us a very simple way to judge a fruit, to judge a tree. If it's good or bad, look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit of the detractors if you think it is a good fruit. Yeah. Look at the fruit. Look at his own fruit. Look at it. And let the fruit speak to you. And above all, use your mind. Use your mind. Are you in the house? Use your what? Why am I saying use your mind? It doesn't come naturally to us. We use our emotions first. As a people, I mean, generally speaking, our emotions work first. You know, but use your mind. One of the ways to overcome offense is to analyze the offender. Yeah, analyze the offender. Some of you, you are angry with somebody you shouldn't be angry with. If you analyze the offender, you see that they didn't mean you any harm. Yeah. Recently, a young man was telling me that his father says, when you finish school, I've cut you off. Not that I've cut you off, I won't give you money again. And he felt so bad. And he felt scared. It's normal to feel scared. It's normal to feel bad. But I said to the person, analyze the offender. There's somebody who's taking care of you all these years and taking good care of you. The person is only trying to move you to the next stage of life. Are you seeing it? Oh, you don't see it? Hey, yeah. So yes, you are afraid. Yes, you are whatever. But just analyze. When you analyze, you will not be bitter about it. You could wish that he should do something else, but you will not be bitter about it. Today, you find yourself in church. If somebody in church has hurt you, just analyze the offender. Is that okay? Just analyze the offender. It will help you to let go. Me, I analyze you all the time. Hmm. If I didn't analyze you, when you are going cry, you didn't say goodbye. Is it true or it's not true? So I just say to myself, oh, I call a girl. It's children's things. Is it not children's things? Ah, look at Harmony smiling at me. Harmony sent me a text. I'm on my way. I'm boarding a car tonight to come to Ghana. Then silence. Say, hey, has he arrived? Is he okay? Three days silence. Hey, what can happen? Hey, the road from Nigeria to Kumasi. Anything could happen. Hey. So I sent him a text. I said, have you arrived? Then he said, hmm, I've arrived on a long journey. I said, ah, 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 ah. But I said to myself, it's children's things. Children's things. That's not okay to him that, listen, if you are not going to tell the people that you have arrived, don't tell them you are leaving. Uh, hey. But if you say you are leaving, then please, 
when you arrive, tell them I've arrived. My heart. Look at the roads in Nigeria. Then you forget about Togo and Benin. And look at Ghana Road. Ghana Roads. Ghana Road. Uh, thank you. It's by grace. We are so used to it, we don't think about it. But honestly, it's by grace. Ah. So I suddenly came. I said, ah, this guy. I heard from him at this time. Oh, if it was well, I should have heard again. Hey, what has happened? Ah. Children's things. Children's things. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I forgive you because it's children's things. Children's things. Yeah. If the person you are talking to is married and working, tell them that I know that it's the pressure. 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 It's pressure. Pressure. It's pressure. As for these, my choristers in short dress, I'm not annoyed. I know that you just, that's what you had. That's what you had. So you wore it. Isn't it? It's what you had. I cannot wear, I cannot buy another one. I cannot sew another one. I have to wear the white. That's it. I should be annoyed. No. I'll not be annoyed. Yeah. Meanwhile, when they were going to wear the white today, they didn't tell us so that we also wear the white sun. <laughs> Hallelujah. But help me, O Lord. Heal me, Lord. To let go. To let go. The Bible says that there is a generosity of his grace. May he give us his grace so generously that we are able to step up and overcome whatever has disturbed us. Lift up your voice and pray for yourself for a few minutes. Give us your grace, O Lord. Generously, Lord. Generously, Lord. Oh, generously. To let go. To overcome. Help us, Help us, Lord. Help us to rise above it, O God. In the name of Jesus. To rise, Lord. Help us to let go. Oh, this afternoon, Lord, we take up every single root we dig it up we dig it out we throw it away and we burn it it will not manifest in our lives anymore in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name of jesus and any bleeding that has come as it is pulled up lord heal supernatural healing supernatural grace supernatural let it cover let it cover let it cover let it cover each of us let it cover each of us in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. And the Rosima Shanda. Oh, healing from above, the ability to let go, the ability to let go, the ability to even dig it up in the name of Jesus. That false accusation, that false hand that was pointed at you, even now you are overcoming it, you are rising above it. You are rising above it. That deep seated pain in the name of Jesus. Lord is just removing it even now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we are so grateful. We give you praise. And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, before you can effectively heal, you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so if you are here this afternoon and you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is your time. Just lift up your right hand. Just lift up your hand. We're going to pray together. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hands. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you want to receive Jesus, just come to me. Just move forward. I'm going to pray with you. 
A simple prayer. Just come to me. Just come. God bless you. Just come. Oh, just come. You are standing there. Your heart is beating. Come. Just come. He's the one who's going to help you. Just come. Just come. God bless you. Oh, let him have his way today. Just come. Somebody accused you and a root has stayed in you. But you want to give it up today. You want to pray. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I'm just waiting for somebody to join us here this afternoon. It's just a short prayer. Quick one. But it is so good and so, so deep work. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want us to pray. My dear, I want you to pray this prayer after me, okay? Make it your prayer. And everybody else will help us. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-E-B-S-E. God richly bless you.